0: If you're a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. I'm joined with Matt Craddock once again. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. How are you?
1: Very well. And yourself?
0: Yeah, very well. Thank you. Um, As we said, we're going to be somewhat regular this year. So hence why we're back two weeks after our previous episode. But um, before we get into a few topics and questions, what have you been up to, mate?
1: um well obviously it's been a little bit different hasn't it with lockdown so we've been um working still we've got the girls working from home my wife working from home so it's a bit of a balance at the moment so work-wise everything's still going on as normal um i mentioned on the podcast last week i was trying to pull my sort of philosophy and thoughts together so i started that off because I thought you might ask me about it today, so I panicked to make sure I actually did, did something. <laughs> uh, and today I've been painting, so the uh, the house decoration continues the saga. So yeah, very nice, there. very it's nice. On, what about what about you, mate? Go, come on.
0: Well, be, well, be, before we get on to that, go on, give us an update with your philosophy. Where are you at? What 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 what's come to the front of your mind in the last week or two?
1: Well, I mentioned it was going to be a document that I was going to pull together. And the document was for like a bit of clarity on my own thoughts and also a document to use as well. So what I've done so far, I've pulled together sort of my values, what I believe in and what I'm trying to develop as in what type of players I'm trying to develop. And then I've put down my thoughts around playing, um, playing style and playing philosophy as well. Principles really, rather than specifics, but that's the start of it so far. I've, I've, uh, Actually, when you sit down and think about it, there's so many aspects to it that actually the document, I fear if you, if you ran away with it, the document could be massive. You know, it could be hundreds of pages and probably maybe you need to have a hundred odd pages, but then I think to, as a working document, you need to trim it down. So um, I think at the moment I'm just going to put it all into one document and then trim afterwards.
0: So I mean, that's what I'm up to. Is that you as as the coach? I know you're coach developer at the minute, but is that you coaching wise Yeah,
1: as a as a coach, yeah. As a coach. It's just about knowing yourself. So I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm a bit have a bit of clarity over my thoughts, really.
0: How um how much has that changed since say five or six years ago or even when you started coaching? Is is there anything that you're thinking is is massively I heard something the other day where someone said if you don't look back at the work you used to do or things you put together a few years back and cringe then you've not developed enough is that something that you're <laughs> finding going through your philosophy again or
1: yeah it is actually I, I actually had a document similar that I did before I uh, left the FA um, I think uh, and yeah I, I wouldn't say cringe but I would say I've, <laughs> I've, I would say what i have put together is probably more advanced than what I had put together but I wouldn't have said cringe no. so to was, speak I,
0: yeah no that was that was the word I heard mind you <clears> when <throat> I look back at some of the very first coaching sessions I delivered I definitely cringe at then oh,
1: yeah <laughs> well actually I, I told you about my first the first time I got filmed I think was for a youth award uh, qualification and I remember afterwards the coach he's a real real good guy as well but um, I had quite a good relationship with him so he was fairly honest slash brutal and I just said to him have you got any feedback and he said for what I said well the coaching said you didn't do anything I said oh (laughs) oh, and I remember watching the video back and I genuinely just I didn't do anything I just sort of wandered around (laughs) talking to people and and got people around the tactics board you know like you know when you know when you went on those youth awards and it completely like changed your way of thinking and you just went from (laughs) one extreme to the other and you didn't you didn't really pick up on the fact that you just have to be somewhere in the middle. I just got. Right, I, need to just go, I need to go there. So I you went just straight did there. Show yeah. and tell for your yes. next <laughs> And we just—it was like a story time around the tactics board, you know. Uh, so yeah, so that wow. actually is something I would cringe at. I can I can see it now. I remember watching it. Well, actually, when we were putting stuff, moving boxes, I remember seeing it and I watched it, and it, it, that actually was a cringe moment. It was horrible, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, definitely, I definitely think there's some advancements um, on what what I had done, and I think also I've probably gone more of principles. Mm. Whereas before, I think I was quite, I was probably being too specific around you know formations and particular ways of doing things. And I think once you know, once you're in, once I've been in a club and you see the game. More often and more regularly, I think you become more understanding actually its principles. We need to have principles, because the, the players you're playing against are, are very good, and they're coached well, so they can you know adapt and change the way that they're playing. So if you have a very rigid approach, that can soon go out the window. So I think i have probably come f- sort of full circle around back to having real clear principles. And then within that framework or principles, there's many ways of playing like that. So, for example, you could say, you know, we we like to play out with variety and there's a there's a million ways in which you can do that. You know, so I think I think principles is probably one of the, you know, things that have jumped out. And that's also principles about my principles as a person, as a coach you know my principles of of a coaching session so what do i want the coaching session to look like and you'd have some guiding principles and once you have all those things it makes probably planning and doing a little bit easier that's probably mm. been my learning
0: yeah i think that that comes with the experiences you've had since the last time you kind of put pen to paper i guess like you've yeah. you've been involved in the game in different roles since and seen more and also the game's changed doesn't it since I guess you well, yeah. wrote
1: it previously very much so yeah and, and keeps, was... keeps doing that and that's that's probably why principles are probably even more important because you know it will change again and if we're too rigid now we'll be we'll be out of date in 18 months time when the game changes again
0: yeah I think if I were to put put my philosophy or, or preferences down on paper now I think they'd be different to even three or four years ago, just because I've now, I'd only ever been at one club and now I've got another club and a whole new experiences, way of doing things, opinions, other coaches, just with a different background and and experiences there. So that's definitely something that I think I need to do similar to you in the near future because you're just just picking bits that you really like or some things you've never even considered. I think there's a really good, good process to go through. Um, how, how do you go through that process? then? I guess if any coach wants to do that, what, what have you followed or have you just, just like well vom- vomited I, all the stuff in your head onto the, <laughs>
1: onto the page? I think, I think some, um, Paul Holder, when he was at the FA, I think he's now, at, is he back at the FA now? He, he went from the FA to, I think Brighton and is that I Brighton think he's back at bit, the yeah. FA. Yeah, I think he's back there. He, he was really, really good. And he was talking about, he talked about being a magpie. And collecting things all the time and he said you know you you collect things and then you adapt things and then you create things so I would say if you're doing it for for the first time I would say go out and have a look at what other people have done and collect theirs and and adapt it to suit you but the way I sort of started with I started with myself so like what do I so who am I and then how do I what what do I do and how do I do it I think that's probably a good start. So what am I like? What are my beliefs? What do I believe in? And then what do, what am I trying to develop? I.e. What type of players am I trying to develop or what type of coaches am I trying to develop? And then it might be around a bit about, about what, what am I, what do, what do my coaching sessions look like? So you just almost, it's almost like a little, little bio of you as a, as a person and as a coach, you know, what does, so if somebody looked at that, they could go, well, you know, Matt, believes in this and i can almost picture what his sessions look like you know and how he is in the training ground or how he is on the on the pitch and you know i think that's a good start to do and then i think that has to come before you do the playing bit because that's the playing and the coaching is a reflection of you and if you're not clear on what you know what who you are and what you believe in then the coaching and the practices won't reflect you as a person and that's when you get a little bit of disjoint
0: yeah yeah meant. Yeah, but probably a conversation we can pick up later in the podcast or go a bit deeper into. But one mm. thing that it will be a good discussion to hear your thoughts on are around personal philosophy or beliefs or um, preferences. And if you are working within a club, club philosophy and preferences and stuff and the importance mm. of either being able to park yours because you're working for an organisation or... Finding play—it's really difficult, isn't it? Because it yeah. might be just different things that like you might want in an ideal world. If you had 100% ownership of a team or whatever, you might yeah. want to do your coaching session one way, or you might want to play a certain way. But then also, I guess as youth coaches or working within a a club, sometimes you have to you have to remember that you're working for somebody, and maybe your yeah. own preferences. Now, hopefully, I guess if you are coming up with your own philosophy and style and etc., a lot of the core principles of developing people and wanting to, yeah, play out from the back or through the third, however you do, they might line up, but I guess yeah. that that could be interesting to to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, I think alignment is key, isn't it? I think as long as as long as there's something that doesn't go against your personal values then I do think it's, you know, you can, you can think differently, but it's like anything, whatever job you do, you know, you have to, you are representing the organization, aren't you? So like you have to present that information in the way that that organization mm. wants you to do that. And I but think also you that, have might, to, that
0: might stimulate you to, to open up and think differently as well. Yeah. Like I say, I've I joined a new club. And I may never have thought of one thing that they do or and then yeah. I thought, no, I this is my belief. I only do this, but again, it's that old cliche of I only know what I've always done yeah. or do I do this I, because I've always done it. And then it's like, oh hold on, actually, now that I think about it, maybe that's something that I'd like to explore more, or oh, I'm gonna yeah, steal I, that now I, and I'm gonna to toss um, this aside.
1: I've definitely changed the way I look at the game out of possession since since coming into the club because it was, it was different to how I've always done things. So that was really like, that, that had that, you know, the first sort of 12 months, you have that really uncomfortable feeling where you're not quite sure mm-hmm. of yourself. You know, like, you know, when you do something in a particular way and you're really confident in it and whatever situation you're in, you know what to do and what it should look like. And then when that thing changes and actually you're looking for something different, it's like it's it's like learning all over again, isn't it? So yeah, when, you, when things are you start to doubt yourself a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And when things yeah. are organized and set, you know exactly what you know. You get to understand who should be where and how they do it. But then in the game, when it's going a hundred million miles an hour, and it's messy and unorganized, and you know it's it's then going. Oh, does he is he supposed to go yeah. there? Should he go there? And I think probably a twelve month period where it was you know really uncomfortable and bit messy you know in your head I think that was quite a good good process there to go through yeah
0: that's that's the whole that's the whole comfort zone thing isn't it I think Mm. I I loved my previous club and the roles I was doing there and really proud to have worked my way through some different roles in that club but to then go to a new club and be out your comfort zone actually it's it might have put me a few steps back in whether it's challenging what I think I know or maybe how Good, I thought I was. Mm. Maybe now, you know, all, all these things go through your head, but definitely better for it. And I, I think, yeah. I think that's massive. By the way, can can you hear my dog snoring in the
1: background? Is that, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I actually thought there was a motorbike going past. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, that's
0: Nelson. He, he's asleep. <laughs> he's going mental. So I, I don't really know what to do. I apologize, everyone listening, but hopefully, he will will sure, sure, we'll wake up soon. But. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now you pointed it out. I won't be able to hear anything but that. Now, so. <laughs> it's got a good rhythm to it,
0: to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Now it'll be interesting to see that document as and when. Is it something you plan to finish? or is it just going to be continuing as you go through your coaching and? Well, yeah. Career? I
1: think I think you'll always adapt and change and you know update. But but there'll be a point where I'm I'm happy with it, and that's you know that's my document, and you know yeah. I've I've shown you little bits of it, and I think I'll just keep sharing it. I'll keep sharing it as I go because it's good to be checked and challenged, isn't it? And you know, I think it's just a, just think it's a good good process to go through. Yeah, has yeah. been has been for me anyway.
0: Excellent. No, yeah. good stuff, mate. Enjoyed that. We'll um, we'll we'll definitely dig deeper into that as it grows. Yeah. Uh, should we uh, Should we do a few questions?
1: Yeah. Do you want to start on the? Um... The blog that you popped out
0: yes yeah so where was the question that we had recently last week or in the last episode we discussed a little bit about um setting challenges and how to stretch or so increase or even decrease the challenge for for our players and as we're developing them and we we put our put a little bit of a piece together which builds on that and the analogy we used was around um sort of sinking or swimming or staying afloat deep water shallow water and how we can can challenge our players that way Um, and one of the questions that linked off the back of that um, just trying to find it now I've
1: got it here mate it was from uh, Simon Millington so Simon I used to work with he's a A really good lad. He's now a mental health tutor as well and, and a coach educator. So he you can see where this sort of you know his thinking is because it comes from sort of a psychological corner. Um but he was talking about all the challenges that you mentioned, you know, about stretching players, etc. Are they co-created with the player? Or are they just what the coach believes the player needs? And is there value in working with the player to help them take responsibility for designing and applying? Um, the appropriate challenge point for themselves. So what's your go on? What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, we, we we were discussing this briefly before before we hit record, and I think there definitely needs to be interaction, involvement, or or sort of co-creating as he used with the with the players. At times, um, I think like again, I'm going to steal your your words here, Matt. If we tell a player, yeah, if we tell a player that we are going to do this, this, and this as a challenge or as a speed bump, as you call it, or however, uh, uh, something which is going to cause stress or difficulty for them, there's certain challenges that if we prepare them for it by telling them, it loses the effect. So, for example, if we if we say to a player, right, we're going to work on your emotional control, and I'm not going to give any free kicks against you tonight. Well, then when that happens and we don't give any free kicks, the player would could possibly just think, well, well I ain't going to get any free kicks anyway. Like this is, I know why he's doing it. He's not doing it because he's unfair. He's just just a little idea he's come up with whereas if we purposely don't tell them and then on that night we just start acting as a quote-unquote bad referee and don't give them any free kicks hopefully that will um initiate the emotional response that they get on a game day so they're having to to fight and, and struggle and find it difficult and it might be unfair and there's all these feelings of of sort of um challenge that they're finding difficult the key to um The next, I'd say, the key to that, though, for us as coaches is the the aftermath. So, like, having the conversation with the player, it might be, do you you notice tonight I was purposely a little bit harsh on you? Why might I have done that? Okay, well, how did you feel? What do you think we could do next time? And and supporting them. And do you know what? Actually, if it happens, have a think about doing this. Or is there any way that, in a match day, I could help you stay on task if you find your emotions running away from you? So, maybe not... So Again, it depends on the task. Now, there yeah. might be some tasks where you have to tee them up. I might say, Matt, um, I'm going to play you in this next practice, Matt. I mean, you're going to be in this area of the pitch against three opposition. And that's going to be really tough for you. But the reason why we're going to do it is because it gives you a chance to work on your ball protection and mm-hmm. yeah. receiving under pressure. Okay, so he might now, Matt can go in there. He knows what the challenge is. He can, he can get the bit between his teeth and have a right good go at it. So certain challenges will it would work by involving the player in, in advance. I think other challenges, it might take the shine off it a little bit. If you, if you prep them for it, the main thing is, is what happens after. So the reflection, the support, we're their crutch or we're there to just give them a pat on the back and say, do you know what? I purposely put you under lots of stress tonight and you didn't lose your call once. Or the one time you did look like you were going to lose your call, you quickly switch back on. That was brilliant. So our job then is sort of, the bubble wrap around it, isn't it? Just to make yeah, sure yeah. that there's no lasting damage or, or any negative effects longer term. Um, yeah. So, yeah, again, sometimes there'll be players that absolutely want the challenge and will ask you or suggest to you ways to make their life really, really difficult, especially if you're working in academy football, where the, well, players anywhere are competitive, mm-hmm. but academy footballers, especially at 12 to 16 very, very competitive, not only against one another, but on themselves. So they will often ask or suggest or thrive on difficulty, won't they? So yeah. there's definitely benefits there. Um, I just think it's having that little thought around if I if I team <clears> up early, is it going to lose or is it going to add to the challenge? And, and yeah. same with the, the sort of the decrease in the challenge sometimes if you just make it way too easy straight away and you don't say anything to them, they'll be like, what, what's this? This is, this is not stimulating for me or whatever. So yeah. again, I think, yeah. I think it's just weighing up the, the most important thing with any challenge, though, I think is like what happens next and our role in make, for like helping the kids reflect or mm-hmm. supporting them when they do get it wrong or making them realize the things that they've done really well and, and sort of, Um, tying it all together so it's look you know tonight when you did this this and this that's really good and you must remember that because in the future you'll you'll maybe when you make your first team debut like you said last time and you don't get on it's really important that you react the way you have now and you've got this this understanding and these tools in your locker otherwise it can just be a lost opportunity for learning can't it so
1: yeah definitely
0: I think there's definitely definitely ways and means to do it um, what what you you think differently to that?
1: Or no, no, I think I think the same. I think I mean I think there's probably two questions there, because should should a player be involved in their development plan? Yes, hundred percent. They should be involved in creating it, uh, co- you know, completing it, reviewing it, adapting it. Hundred percent, they should be. But like you said, there's also times where we are trying to develop certain skills that it would hinder telling them and giving them a little bit of warning so like you know like you said a speed bump you know it's the whole point is if it's about emotional control or resilience or you know etc etc us telling them and going oh listen don't worry but I'm going to leave you out the squad this weekend you know and this is why I'm doing it well that's not helped them you know because they're not they're not having to use resilience. They're not, you know, losing their losing their head and losing their emotions and, and then having to get it back again. So I think there's definite times where, where you would tell them, you know, and there's definite times where you wouldn't. I would say like, you know, we you look at like reducing the challenge for players. Let's say you have a striker who's one of your better players, if you always put him in tough situations he may never get opportunities to uh, practice his finishing. You know, so you talk about games programs where you know, we have a mixed uh, variety of games. Well, if, if a striker's game program is always top, top, top of his stretch zone, then he's probably going to have limited experience of finishing. So actually, you might want to reduce his challenge so that he gets more opportunities to finish. And that might be, right, this weekend you're going to play in this game And this is why we're doing it. And what I want you to focus on is shots on target, getting shots off high shots on shots on targets to shot ratio, for example. Whereas if you're, you know, playing them in a, in that game to see how he deals with his leadership, you know, you might want to tell him, you might not want to tell them. So I I do, I I think there's, you know, should they be involved in the development plan? Yeah, a hundred percent they should because it's theirs. They should own it. They should lead it. But You also have to support them and stretch them and um, give them what we call speed bumps. And they have to come up, you know, sometimes without warning so that they get pushed straight out into the panic zone and they've got to experience that. And like you said, the key is us, parents, coaching staff are all there and the environment set properly so that they feel comfortable to be in that panic zone for a brief period of time. And then we're there to reflect on it. And it might not be immediately either. You know, you mentioned that we might talk after training, but it might not be then. It might be that, you know, in training, you know, for example, it could be a game going on. I've, I've had this example recently and, and you give a decision, the players are moaning and while they're moaning, the other team go down the other end and score. You know, you might not pick it up there and then, but that might be a lesson you know, whereas it might happen again in training, or it might happen on in a game day, and you go, "That's the point I'm going to bring it in because listen, you remember that in training. What if we do that today? You know, or we got lucky there. What if it happens again? We're giving them a chance. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think there does there has to be some inclusion. It has to be um, thought and thoughtful and measured and you have to weigh up. Is it going to add value to it or is it going to hinder the point of it? And then in both situations, reviewing, reflecting and setting your next action plan is the key bit, I guess.
0: I think sometimes asking the players for their preferences on how to do it are massive. I remember Mm. before last season it was, I had an, um, uh, an opinion on how I thought the players might want that was slightly different to this but how they might want feedback or support on a match day yeah um, and I said like would you prefer me to to just let you let you play and then we'll have conversation in in the intervals or whatever and, and quite a lot of the boys came back and said no if I've done something wrong tell me straight away so that I can fix it and be better straight away mm-hmm. and I just thought that they'd want to some of them be left to Carry on it it was out. Like, Yeah, yeah. It was only it was only twenty minute intervals or whatever, four twenties. So there was plenty of breaks between between um, periods. And I thought they'd want a little bit of time, maybe sort of leaving alone on the pitch. But the amount of them that come round and said, "No, I do something wrong. Tell me I'm doing it wrong. Tell me how yeah. to fix it, or yeah. and I'll do it straight away." And you think, well, I just, if I hadn't have involved them, I'd have probably gone down the wrong path that wasn't as helpful for them. Yeah. Now I've got I've got to use my my uh, my experiences to know is it always right to just give them it? Yeah, you know what I mean because we don't want them to be robots who just do what they're told. It's no. there might be times where I've got to leave them, but it was just an eye opener to me that thinking. Well, I'm lucky luckily I asked that question; otherwise, I'd have maybe gone down the wrong path quite a long way. So yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: there's there's loads of value in in talking to them, and I think I think they'll appreciate it, won't they? It shows you care and. Yeah. and you want them to do better so
1: yeah hundred um, percent
0: good stuff if anyone uh, hasn't read it go on our website and you can read the, the blog there it just uh, gives you a little bit of an insight on our thoughts some of our thoughts on stretching and challenging your players um, <clears throat> another question I, I said I'd ask this one my good friend mr. Lee James Hayes and uh, yeah. I, I, I I'd sort of tease this one earlier to you Matt so it'll be interesting but um, and I'm not saying Lee this is Lee's uh, personal opinion on how he likes to play football. I mean, his ability might say so, but as a coach, <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, no. He says, what are your thoughts on tactically giving away possession? Um, so what what does he mean by that? I, I think, I know Lee likes his rugby as well. Um, so like kicking for territory, is that something that, that we see in football? Is it even a tactic? He, I think... I think he said he'd heard it somewhere and it just got his his mind whizzing round. Um, so is it a thing? Do we think coaches do it at, the, at any level or top level? And if so, are there any benefits to it? Or is it just boring, old-fashioned and should be eliminated from the game? What do you reckon, mate?
1: Is, is he going to be in my team? Because that, that will... <laughs> <laughs> that will make me uh, answer differently. Oh well, is it a thing? Well, yeah, it it, it probably is. It probably is a thing. Although I, I'd probably pick up on the wording around giving the ball away on purpose. I'm not sure. I'm not sure teams would set up to give the ball away on purpose. But I think what they would do. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about teams maybe that don't favour a possession style game. I would say it, it'd be more around percentages and areas to be hitting. So I don't think, I think ideally a team, if, if they were wanting to play, you know, a, a longer game, for example, you know, playing the ball as a territory, like you mentioned, I, I still think their plan or their principle would be to play off the nine to win the ball higher up the pitch. So I don't think they'd ever go, you know, I want to set up to give the ball away. But I think what they would say is, I want to try and win the ball up here, higher up the pitch. And then if we do give it away, we're further away from goal or we're compact behind it or we're pressed up the pitch or whatever it is. So I I don't think, I don't think off the top of me, there'd be ever a time where I'd want to give the ball away. But Mm -hmm. I can think of times where I would want to play a different type of game and perhaps maybe play you know, longer passes into mm. certain areas to maybe turn, you know, to we, we've, I, I'm, I'm uh, doing a CPD event actually on uh, this week. And it's about playing through the thirds. It's, it is relevant. It's, I'm coming back around, but it's about playing through the thirds. Right. And a lot of the time people think about playing through the thirds and it's always about, you know, break off center halves into the center half, into the four, into the 10 or whatever. But actually it, if there's no space, it's very hard for you to play through the thirds. So, actually, what you might need to do is turn the opposition a few times. And then after playing some balls over their back line, when the centre-half gets the ball, the back line then may drop. The midfield may drop expecting that long ball. And then suddenly there's space to play in that gap. So, actually, there's, there's some examples where, actually, you might be playing balls into certain areas, to try and get the opposition to set up in a certain way to allow you to do something else. Yeah. But again, I still don't think it's playing those balls to give it away. It's ideally I want my number nine or my winger or my 10 running in behind and getting on the ball. But if they can't, at least I'm getting further up the pitch. Yeah. And again, I can get compact behind it.
0: That's what I was going to say. As, you, as you're talking there, I'm, I'm thinking... Now, giving tactically giving away possession would not be like a in an ideal world. That would not be my a go-to tactic. I'd like to use. However, like I said, I definitely think there's times in a game or or moments in some games where I would ask if I was playing at a results-driven team. Of course, mm-hmm. where I'd yeah. ask my team to do that. So, this weekend, FA Cup, isn't it? If yeah. we are winning one-nil in the FA Cup. As an underdog against the team who are who have all the ball, and we are camped on our
1: 18-yard box. I do not in, want my four getting on the ball.
0: Yeah, do you know what if I'm serious? I think I'm saying right, we are going to. I'm. I'm. This is not a pass. I'm going to whack the ball as far <laughs> down the pitch as I can. I want it to stay in play so that one of their players has to run and get it. Meanwhile, we can. It's pressure relief, isn't it? We can move hmm. a little bit further from our goal. And it's, so two
1: questions, right? Firstly, is whack? Is that in your That's your language? in my coaching yeah. vocab. So any <laughs> okay. club that I take, i are
0: going to say whack.
1: Yeah, Gaffer um, so knows what, what it is. Second question that. though, but isn't, isn't still your best case scenario is your winger getting on that ball? It's yeah. not like you're, you're not kicking it to give them back the ball because that would be... That, that's you, all you're doing is inviting them back on again. But if we have, you if we have two, you might play a really long five, ball.
0: If we have two banks of five and everyone is twenty-five yards from my goal, there's no intention of my winger chasing it. And I don't want well, him to. I just want to get I, we're in we're into stoppage time now,
1: Matt, and there's a okay, giant. Camp, right. So it's okay, like yeah. In, yeah, okay, <laughs> listen, so yeah, stoppage time, one 0 up, underdog, potentially. Potentially. <laughs> But still, I would, I would Here's avoid one the one word then. whack, and, <laughs> and ideally, I would want okay. to be playing okay, to well, one listen, of uh, my players.
0: Okay, I'll <laughs> do some reflection on my terminology. <laughs> uh, okay, but how about then? <clears throat> now this is this is getting getting really. Um, probably picky in it, but you know, say when a ball gets fed down the channel and someone is chasing it, your winger might be chasing it and your centre-half comes across and the centre-half puts the ball out for a throw-in. Mm-hmm. Is that blast? Is give, he knows it's not going to be their ball. He's put the ball out of play. So could that be give giving the ball back to the opposition, but it's allowing us to regroup? So maybe okay. that's... An, think okay. about I guess... That could yeah. be, I'm only just spitballing now. So I'm the centre half. I'll, I'll go across because my full back's been beaten. There's pressure coming. I'd come and you see my first touch, I put the ball out of play into, into the stand or whatever, which allows for us to regain a, a sort of a shape where we're organised. That could yeah. be giving the book. Potentially. i, yeah. I have no, on the centre half. I, have, it's not, I know it's not going to be my ball once it goes out of play, but I'm purposely doing that so that no problems or no. Um, nothing comes of that ball if I try and play. Yeah, Do you know, you see that quite a lot, don't you?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That,
0: that could be, I guess. Thinking of the, the wording specifically, that is giving the ball away. You know, it's not your ball, but it's it's for a reason. So perhaps yeah. that's one way. It's, it's used. not
1: so much tactically though. Well, that would be just like situational, <laughs> wasn't it? But yeah.
0: well, yeah, yeah. I, see, I think you're yeah. still, no, you're the still it... giving away possession. Yeah, you
1: are. Yeah. Purpose to, to regroup. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think the context is key because even when you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, but I don't want my centre-half to do that. But then if you're in the 94th minute and you're the underdog winning 1-0, I probably would want my centre-half to do that. So, so you're right. I think the context is key. I think that's essential to understand. Mm-hmm. And there's probably, there's probably a, a time for everything, isn't there, in football? That's what I really like about it is that, you know, there's, there's a million ways in which you can do it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, so yeah, there probably is a, a way. Um, interesting, but,
0: interesting terminology, isn't it? I guess yeah. if we were, if we, I guess if we were, if, if, if Lee had termed it differently, it might sit more comfortably with us. You yeah. don't know, do you? It's, it's just maybe we're purists going, giving the ball away
1: is like, that's the bit that's not sitting well with me. Because even, maybe. even if, even in your two banks of five, if you just, Lump it away, it is just another attack that is coming. So, like, all you've done is you've yeah. just, you just you've run put the it clock down
0: a little bit, a little bit, to get but they're a still for, coming.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> potentially, I guess. I
0: guess, I guess you could say you've decreased the risk perhaps if you're if well, you, yeah, try, the f- if you the f- are the, the further right from goal. Yeah. So, again, it might be like in in rugby <clears throat> territorial where you do try and kick beyond yeah. move up the pitch. Hopefully, yeah. that when you regain, you're in better field position.
1: Yeah. Well, you could um, see, I mean, you could see like a foot, it used to happen a lot, probably not Probably not as much anymore, but, but you used to see it a lot, like a, a fullback throw in would do that quite a lot. So they would throw in, you know, let's say you had a throw in maybe at the start of the middle third, the fullback would throw it really close to the line, down the line. Hoping that it goes out of play and everyone moves up a little bit more. That wasn't that called wasn't lot. that
0: called working the line? Working Work the, the line,
1: line. correct? <laughs> yeah.
0: What you see now that could class as it is, is in it's creeping into our Premier League as well now, but the the um, the traditional center where it goes back to someone who traps it <laughs> and someone else who
1: whacks it, Wax it yeah. forward
0: towards their players <laughs> rushing forward. So again, <clears throat>
1: Could be, you uh... see, that's that that is a, another example of, of that happening. I have I have seen that quite a, a few times, where actually they have literally just kicked it out of play, mm. and then everybody's got organised in behind it. So potentially, that there might be moments in the game where you actually would want that to happen, perhaps.
0: Yeah, maybe Lee's just trying to make himself. <laughs> feel better that he spent a career of giving <laughs> the ball away and he's trying to claim that it was, with, uh, was tactical. some tactical knowledge from his coach at uh, Sunday league, but um, interesting discussion. We'll, we'll give some more thought to that. And then um, if anyone, if anyone else uses the term whack it, please do let me know. Uh, <clears throat> uh, here's a question then about coach yep. education and I'll, I'll put it to you as, as your, um, in a in a coach development role um where and how do you see coach education going uh maybe in the next three to five years
1: i, I, uh, I would say probably it could be delivered by robots uh, <laughs> i don't know i think i think probably I, I think i think the covid situation has probably opened the doors to many different ways of working you know i think people people thought that you, you couldn't work remotely and then realized that actually you can be more effective working remotely than you can be going in so i think i probably think that there will be a lot more choice there will be more remote online work and more bespoke to, to the coaches i would probably say which is where coach head sort of going anyway where the coach educator comes into the club, works with you in situ, so understands your context, yourself and your players. Um, it's more specific to you. So I think just like everything, it's probably going to be more individualised to the point of it's about you and you in your co- context and working around your time, you know, when you want to do it. I think that's how it will probably go.
0: Uh, I guess we that, need I guess, to- we need to get coaches back working with players in the flesh first don't we before a lot of the yeah definitely <clears throat> yeah
1: no, definitely. i think um,
0: i think on that one of the question the second part from lee on this is around pathway for the increasing number of grassroots b license coaches one thing i was going to say about i guess coach ed we or coach education we think around um fa delivered so specific yeah. courses, but I think yeah. the, ed- the education of coaches or the education that coaches have done, I'd like to see that getting more, um, what's the word? More recognition, do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, and one of the things that Lee touches on is that more and more coaches are gaining the B licence, which is brilliant for the game. Yeah. And then it's how do, if people do aspire to work at certain levels or in certain roles, how do you then differ from others that have a similar qualification? And I think doing the informal stuff or the stuff that's maybe not UEFA ratified, Mm -hmm. yes, they're the most important. I get that. But I'd like to see coaches – there's a lot of coaches and and, and lockdown and COVID and all sorts has proven that there is so much out there and so much good stuff going on, like this podcast, but everything else, like (laughs) – but do you know what I mean? There's all sorts of coaching courses, mentoring, learning. There's so much out there. And I think
1: yeah.
0: I'd like to see that really going towards
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, the sort of, the, the, not necessarily
1: the CV, but being recognized because yeah. coaching well, people are putting a lot um, of time
0: and effort into that, aren't
1: they? Yeah. As an FA licensed coach, you have to do a certain number of hours, don't you? A year CPD. So that's one way in which that could be recognized, where actually, you know, you and I actually think that you can do this now where you know you almost like upload your learnings from something and that goes towards, you know, your C P D as a coach. But you but I agree, I think I think that sort of stuff, you know, I think the value in it is is incredible and, and it being recognized, I think, would be would be brilliant. I also think the Advanced Youth Award is is you know, the next, obviously it's the next logical step for people coming off the UA for B or finishing the UA for B or, you know, had it and implemented it into their work. But I, I think it, it'd be very good because the advanced youth award is split off into blocks. You know, I think, I think it could go to a point where, you know, you choose a block, you know, you want to learn more about the site corner, you know, you, you do that block if you want to learn more about physical conditioning or, you go and do that one that, that I think would be really good because the content on the, on the AYA is, is superb, you know, and I think making that more, um, open to everybody would, would be a real, a uh, real benefit ticket uh, across, across professional and grassroots. I think that'd be superb. Yeah. So, so,
0: so like the, the youth awards were previously yeah. there was, you yeah. could do, you could do mod one, and then when you're ready, you could do mod two, and then you can mm. do mod three. I know they've been been joined with the the sort of the level one, two, and, and B license now. But maybe yeah, the same for the advanced youth award. So yeah, because quite, there is there, I, is there is there is financial implications, isn't there? So
1: yeah, there is. Yeah,
0: a coach try and for for argument's sake, if it's three thousand pounds to 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 find that amount of money, if you're or well, for anyone, no matter what, if it's a hobby in,
1: as well. That's yeah, a lot of money to find
0: it? that. Whereas three thousand pounds over three to five years in your own time, mm-hmm. doing one module a year or one part of it a year might yeah. be more feasible for people, like I said, who who is just a hobby or an aspiration to to get into. Yeah. I think that would yeah. be a great idea.
1: Now, I, I think the the youth award when it when it did come out and you were, and you were running the youth module one and youth module two and youth module three, I thought that was fantastic because mm. you could just like select it and pick and choose and you know some people wanted to go through it like an actual course and they would book on the next one and the next one and some like you say would do module one which was about the environment and that would just add value and they'd go away and it make them better for a bit and then you know when after they've played around with it for you know however long they might go actually i want the next bit now let's learn about practice design and then they go and get the next one so i think I, I do think if they could do something like that you know that would I think that would add some real value. Mm.
0: Again, we've, however we, we sort of go about it. It's the, the most important thing is being able to embed it and, and get out there and do a bit, isn't it? Which is, yeah. which is frustrating for everyone at the minute because <clears throat> we, we're flooded with knowledge and new learning and stuff and just can't use it at the minute, which yeah. is, but we'll get there, won't they? We? We'll get there. We
1: will. We will. Um,
0: <clears throat> uh, another question here. Um, Speaking of the current situation and, uh, and the lockdown and stuff, one of the questions we've had is around how is COVID, if if COVID is, COVID is, how is it affecting academy players' progression or any players' progression in general? Um, obviously, as we speak, 9s to 15s football has been mm. put on pause across the country, yep. uh, and the 16s, can train um their games program is paused unless they're involved with the older players so naturally every, with everything being on pause there's 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 nothing happening physically is there um, no so i guess well we, we could talk all day about the the, the sort of psychological mental health mm-hmm. challenges that everyone's under especially young children but yeah I mean, what you what are your thoughts on how it's affecting young players at the moment? Yeah,
1: listen, everybody's affected by it, aren't they? So, so is it affecting them? Yeah, of course, it, of course it will be. Um, I think what what it what it has done, perhaps maybe for me, or or I think maybe this is what we should be doing. I think it, we've realised there's a bigger picture at play. So football is really important, but. But like you said, kids, kids are more important, and you know their welfare and mental health and mental well-being is more important. So actually, there's probably like a, a bigger thing. So is their progression being impacted? Well, everything is being impacted at the moment. So so probably, but as long as they're okay, and you know everybody is, you know, keeping in touch with each other and checking in on each other and offering things to engage them and keep them active and keep them interested, then I think. I think that's okay, and I think we can we can pick up the football stuff when all this is is passed, and we and we you know and we can get back to it. Mm. So, is it impacting it? Probably. Should we be worrying about it? Probably not, because mm. there's there's bigger stuff, you know, at the moment. I think with, if they're not in school, I, I think they probably shouldn't be coming to football, because I think we need to keep that. We need to. They need to understand that that school was is, is more important. We need to understand that there's a, you know, like a priority thing, that education is is really important and percentages of making a career in the game is slim. So you've got to make sure you nail your education. And I think if if we were still in training, for example, and they weren't in school, I think that that finds it, you know, it it tips it the wrong way. So I think mm. I think it's probably the right thing. Is it are the impacted by it? Yes. Should we be worried by it? I don't think so. I think they just need to make sure that, that they're well. They're staying positive. They've got positive things, you know. They've got support if they need it, and they've got interesting and engaging activities to to take part in. And then I think probably it where perhaps it becomes an important question is maybe the older players, so 16s, 18s, 23s, you know, where actually it is then about career you know for example you know then then i think you've got to just support them as much as you possibly can it has impacted everybody you know i think if you look at kids across and i say kids all the way up to like 20 across the board you know they will be impacted by what has happened over the past year 18 months so i think everyone will be impacted by it but i think it probably that question is probably only relevant to maybe the older players who actually have got some real decisions that are coming up, and we've got to support them as much as we possibly can. So, you know, I think um, it will impact them. But our job, as always, is to put the person first and try and do as much as we can yeah. for them. You know, it's, it's a tough time, isn't it, for everyone? I mean, what what, yeah. what else can you do? You you you've got a framework that we've we've been given. And We've got to try and work within that framework as best as we can for the for the kid. Yeah,
0: I was gonna I was gonna say, do you think um, we will see the impact of the COVID restrictions in three, four, five years time? Do you think maybe the lost time now um, we might see? A dip in the level of player we're producing in four or five years, and you know, like then it won't uh, get back. Or do you just think players are, are quite are quite good at adapting and will we'll reach their level no matter what?
1: Yeah, I think they're bouncy. I think they'll they'll come back. I, th- I think I actually think you'll see the impact of, of lockdown immediately. I think you'll see it now. I think you know you look at you know seventeen year old kids first years you know, if they're first year scholars or first year in college, you know, that is a group of kids who have had their school life leading towards a set of exams that were just pied um, in the first, you know, straight away. So they've had, you know, they've had five years of working towards something that was cancelled overnight. So I think, I think that will have impacted them immediately. (laughs) And then I'm looking at our like first year scholars and, you know, they would normally be in for full days and we're, we're doing education remotely. You know, that's a weird thing in itself, you know, so you travel traveling to train, you travel home to do your schoolwork, you're doing it over a computer, you you're straight away. You're a lot more self-discipline
0: required, isn't it? As well. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah. I think you'll see the impact straight away. Um But I, I think people are very good at adapting, aren't they? And I think the, the people that can adapt the quickest and, and the most effective will, will make the most out of this sort of situation. You know, some, some kids as adults will probably need a little bit more time to adapt to it. But, but um, I think as long as particularly like if you look younger age, I'll just repeat that, you know, the nines to fifteens, for example, who are on pause at the moment, I think as long as everybody is just well and their family are well and we're offering as much support and activity or engagement as possible. I think, I think it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. stuff. it's challenging. I I've got a few questions from, uh, from John Bitten here and some great questions. Unfortunately, we don't have time to do them all JB. Sorry, mate. One of the, one of the ones that he asked is how, and it links to what we've just been talking about. How, how are we both feeling mentally at the moment with everything that's going on?
1: Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, in the first lockdown, the weather was tremendous. Um, we were we were all off, so even though the, the kids were learning from home, um, I was working from home a lot. Um, it was it was easier to manage, and the weather was nice. So it was almost like you know you you have you work really hard, and then you, the reward is you get out into the sun, and we'll play, and we'll do this, and we'll do that. It's quite difficult to have that reward when it's hammering down with rain. And we had, it, we did have a little bit of snow here, uh, but but not much. But it, yeah, I think, I think, I definitely think this is different to the first one, probably just because of the weather more than anything. Um, but um, I found this one a bit more frustrating than the first one. I would say. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Well, you'll well, be <clears throat> slightly different, will you? With now with Phoebe, do you feel? Are you actually more appreciative this time round?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's funny that it's a diff- it's a really difficult one because um, we are still working, we are still working, but obviously working from home and being at home, being around Phoebe now is ten weeks old. It's like mm. it's it's added time that I get to be around her. The yeah. difficulty is I need need a routine. So like I need mm. we spoke to some of the other boys at work around having purpose to your day. Now, yes, yeah, she is my purpose, isn't she? But I mean, when you wake up and you just think, well, what's on today? And it's like Yeah. That that is hard. That's really yeah. hard. So it's like even I've been <clears throat> now going out like I've set up a heater in the garage and like a yeah. chair and stuff and go into the garage and like right between this time and this time I'm, I'm, I'm sat in the garage working so and just trying to change scenery change yeah. like yeah. try and uh, limit some distractions so that I can work but it's again I'm <clears throat> I'm in a fortunate position in the sense that say I've got a 10 week old girl so it's kind of exciting to be around I'm seeing and watching her a lot more than I guess I, I would have if, if we were yeah. still at work so it is
1: yeah.
0: I feel a little bit <clears throat> selfish saying things like that because I know a lot of people are in a lot of a worse place don't get me wrong mm. it's, there's still challenges isn't there but yeah um, <clears throat> yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm grateful of this, this extra time at home being around her and, and watching her and, and being able to help my wife because it, it's not easy mm. but at the same time it's like of now the first lockdown especially made me realize that i need i need routine. something need not not necessarily even routine as such but i need something to do with my days like i'm not someone to just sit down like i like sitting down and doing nothing but i like having achieved other stuff as well even if that's yeah. go and do a food shop or something silly like that it's yeah
1: i've
0: gone and got a few little things ticked off and i think yeah. the days when you have something like that and you get that those few ticks, I feel better sitting down of an evening doing nothing nothing. or yeah. Yeah. If I sit down and do nothing all day, it's just even like a little bit of exercise, just get out, get a little bit of exercise done. I feel like even if I eat as much chocolate as I want the rest of the day, it doesn't bug me as much because I know I've been and done a little bit. Yeah. yeah. If I just wake up and eat the chocolate, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a horrible
1: day. but.
0: No, it's. I'm, yeah. I'm doing. I am doing well. I am doing well. So it's. Um, it's
1: different. It it's different, though, isn't it? This is. Um, it is strange. It's just a, It just feels a bit strange, doesn't it? I think that's. That's probably what. Um, what I probably didn't describe. It just feels a bit strange. You know what's it difficult? Just doesn't quite you know what's feel difficult? right.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? It's, I find it really hard because, and I'm very, very fortunate in this sense that nobody close to me or relatively close to me, touch wood has has suffered or or yeah. had had coronavirus um, yeah. so i'm very much aware of it i know it's out and about there and i sort of heard of people that vaguely know of or
1: mm-hmm.
0: some friends have had it or whatever but in terms of my real close circle and my day-to-day interactions with close family we've been very fortunate that we've not had it so it's kind of like it's like well, we're doing this but it, it, all this you know no, it's it's really important but it's kind of like you almost forget the severity of this, and, and that's yeah. when it starts to think, oh, why, why can't we just? It's it's <clears throat> that's yeah. hard. I, I, but I don't. I'm not trying to say like I wish someone I knew had it, and then it made me <laughs> realise. But that's that's hard because it's just it's still just this thing that is is widely talked about, and it, and we all know it's it's there. But I've not yeah. had first hand experience of it, which I'm grateful of. But that just kind of plays, plays on your mindset, doesn't it? Around,
1: because,
0: because my life hasn't, it sounds really bad. My life hasn't changed a great deal in the sense
1: that. I had to, I had to self-isolate, not last week, the week before perhaps. Yeah. Week before. Um, And that, that was, so that was the first time I'd had to self-isolate since all of this came out, which, which in itself is is a pretty good achievement, I don't don't know if achievement's the right word but it's it's pretty good going and I think that's that was like the first time where I thought oh oh like I could I could be ill now and people Mm. I know could be ill and you know it it actually like you know like I had uh, probably in the first lockdown you have that sort of fear don't you about it you think oh my god it's all new what's going on and then it it did it's just sort of like it just sort of tailed off you know, you you Sort of not anxiety to but your thoughts about it and your worry about it because you'd learn to like live and adapt and, and do what you need to do. And then when when I was told you had to self-isolate, it was like, oh, oh, like, oh, it's oh god, you know, like it's real. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's almost like that kick up the the arse again to say, oh, you know, like, you know, don't don't Remember slack me? off. Yeah, don't slack off <laughs> yeah. with what you're doing, you know, don't make sure you're still doing this properly and doing that properly because, you know, you don't want to be bringing stuff home. You know, I think that's the, that's the thing when I've got, you know, the, the people at home here, they're working from home and I'm having, I'm going out to work and coming back. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it just made me realize, you know, like you just got to do it properly, uh, you know, make sure you don't bring anything home really. So I think, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It is a weird time. It's, um, it's different. You know, like it's my mum's birthday on Saturday and we we had a you know had to see her from a doorway, you know you couldn't give her a hug, and I put her present down on the floor and then walked away. It's, you know that's <laughs> that's weird, isn't it?
0: Yes. I did that the other day. I had to yeah. get, pick something up at the shop for my auntie and I left on the door and when she opened the door I just yeah. shouted delivery and ran off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt like Amazon Isn't Prime that weird delivery. by the way? Isn't
0: that weird? No, you get deliveries and you open your door and they've, they've just drove off and there's like a package on your door. doorstep. Yeah, or and there's no or one they there. take
1: pictures as well of like, and you end up getting <laughs> in the picture you know, like picking up your parcel. But but yeah, listen, it's, it's weird but but like like you said, I'm I'm very fortunate, aren't we? You know, we're in a fortunate position, and yeah. you know, I, I feel for I feel for people who who are sort of struggling at the time, and and, and people working in the NHS. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. a really, really tough time, isn't it? So so listen, this sort of stuff is a is is relief, isn't it? It's, it's, we're really lucky to be sitting and chatting about this sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's yeah. what I said in the, going back to the question before that there's bigger stuff at play. So as long yeah. as they're okay the players are okay and they're well and they're happy. The rest of it, we can pick up, you know, when it's safe to pick up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Good stuff, mate. I think, I think that's, um, there's a couple of other questions, but we'll, we'll, we'll jump into them next time. Cause we've, we've been going for an hour. Um, what's, uh, what's the
1: week ahead got for you, mate? Anything? Well, we've got a couple of games this week. So, um, couple of games and uh, that's it really yeah midweek game and a Saturday game almost almost some normality Yeah, <laughs> uh, nice yeah what about yourself zooms
0: uh, yeah yeah zooms we did one this morning actually it was, was excellent I, I mean I know it's hard doing zooms but we um, we asked some of the boys to, to lead and demonstrate and they're, they're incredible like not like not just their their ability but like the thought they put into these moves or combinations, they were working yeah. and then we asked them to, to coach or talk the, the move through the others and that blew me away. Like, they put me to shame any of my things I tried to do in the previous lockdown. So yeah, that was excellent. And we got a couple more mm. this week around sort of some physical work and just trying to offer different things. We've made things optional this time for boys because, yeah. because there's so much going on. And I think now the boys are at, So at school on Zoom, full days again. I think maybe the the first lockdown it wasn't quite this severe, was it? Because no was it summer holidays and schools were tailing (laughs) off. But now it's like business season still at school. The boys a lot of the boys are on from nine till three, like a full day. So to put even more on them and and force them to be there is, is difficult. So we'll be doing that i've been watching a lot of dog the bounty hunter recently that's been my uh... year
1: i used to love that program
0: yeah so basically uh, we got a new tv a while ago some some tv and it's got like built-in channels not free i don't know what they are but one day it was just on (laughs) and there's a channel that shows dog the bounty hunter 24 7 so i've lost a couple of days to that which has been brilliant (laughs)
1: Um, well if you're going to so, lose time to a programme that is not <laughs> a bad one to lose it
0: to. it's fascinating, the one bit Aloha. Brilliant, the, the Aloha, brilliant. the other day he was chasing down a fugitive, went into his house and the fugitive was watching Dog the Bounty Hunter on telly <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant uh, so I watched that, I watched the Chiefs game tonight, they'll get to the playoff final the, the Super Bowl and then win that yeah. again, so that's all good
1: um, Is that next weekend?
0: Uh, weekend no, so after. I think it'll be the weekend after. I think next week they do the pro bowl thing, don't they? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The skill school or whatever they do. But Tom Brady's currently beating Aaron Rodgers 14-10. So we'll see how <laughs> that pans out. Um, but, yeah, other than that, mate, um, much of the same. I'm um, trying to do a few well? books. And, yeah, she's doing brilliant, mate. She's growing loads. She's long. Yeah. She's like she's making more and more noise. Like she's a lot more responsive and giggly and squealy yeah. and stuff like that, which is, which is good. good. So enjoyable, mate. Very enjoyable.
1: Happy days.
0: Um, that's it really, I guess, isn't it? So like I said earlier, if, if any of you guys want to go and check out that blog post on the challenges or any of the others, there's, there's quite a few on the website. Um, head over to minervacoachdevelopment.co.uk in the article section. Matt's got a load on there that he wrote. There's a few on there that I've wrote. Various topics. Um, We appreciate those guys who have sent in some questions, whether it's about coach education, giving away the ball, or just asking how we are. It's very much appreciated. Um, I guess all that's left to say is stay safe. Go and get on iTunes. Give us a a rating and a review and subscribe if you don't already Matt have a great week mate look after
1: yourself likewise mate stay safe see you soon take care
0: if you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players then pitch is the website for you it's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com.